Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show, and thanks for joining me for yet another episode. If you're a brand new listener, hey, welcome aboard. So good that you could, first of all, find the podcast, and second of all, that you've plugged in. I trust that this episode gives you some value and that you can use to further progress your sales leadership capabilities and, I guess, your career, but also, more importantly, pay it forward to your team and help your team get to another level of performance. Because the whole purpose of this is to help as many people as I possibly can to take their sales leadership to the exceptional level, which delivers more meaning, more money, obviously, and better sales results. And those sales results ultimately become sustainable, but also replicable. So there's a system in place. And so today's episode, I want to talk about a topic that I covered yesterday. I had a great session yesterday with a team talking all things creativity, innovation, collaboration, and problem solving. And a key objective for this team was they wanted to bring the team together and really get to know each other because through the last 12 months, uh, like many organizations, they've been working remotely and they've brought on some new people to the team and they haven't, it's it's interesting, I found out yesterday that a lot of them hadn't met each other. This was the first time yesterday in about six months that people had actually been able to get together. So it was a phenomenal opportunity for them to do that and and I took took a two-hour drive to get there but it was well well worth uh, the trip and we certainly had a great afternoon talking all things creativity. And they wanted to build some synergies around just getting to know each other, learning a little bit about each other in terms of what their strengths are, where some of the blind spots potentially are and start the journey of collaboration. And because they're relatively new, they had some, some of them had some really new and fresh ideas, and that's what the CEO was looking for, bringing some new uh, opportunities to think differently to the table, but also uh, maybe challenge some of the assumptions that the organization had been making up until that point, and therefore in the process, potentially uh, shine a light on some blind spots. And what was really interesting is the CEO took a lead here and, and basically said that uh, from her perspective, it was a really great opportunity to become, I guess, vulnerable, get out of the, I guess, the corporate environment and really open up. And, and she was she was great in leading the conversation around, well, you know what, I've got some I've got some blind spots, some that I know about, but I need people around me to identify some other blind spots that potentially I'm not uh, privy to, I'm not consciously aware of, that can help me become an even better CEO for this organization and therefore lift the whole in, in turn lift the whole capability and credibility of, of the organization. So question is for you is do you have where do you where do you have some blind spots? Now because uh, here's the thing and this is the topic of today's uh, podcast is often what we see is based on what we believe to be true. So we make some choices to see certain things and that is based on what we believe to be true. So how much therefore are we are we missing? And it's it happens all the time. And it was a really it was a really great eye opener yesterday because maybe I get too close to this sort of stuff and take a lot of things for granted. But to hear people talking about blind spots and some of the assumptions and they'd already done a bit of values work in the morning before I got there, which was great because I could use that as a bit of a foundation for the conversation in the afternoon. But it was really interesting to see how different people had different beliefs around what they thought was true. But when they put it onto the table and we had a conversation about it, uh, there was an opportunity therefore to not so much contest it, but to challenge what those beliefs are and whether they're actually true or not. 
And so what I wanted to do was I shared I shared a model with them yesterday, which I think is really worthwhile looking at and putting in to the kit bag, not just for us as sales leaders, but also just for leaders in general, but also for teams and and even as a human being, this this plays out phenomenally. And it's a it's a tool called the ladder of inference. Now it's in inference or inference, how however way you want to pronounce it. I, I just call it inference. And it's been around for a while. It was proposed by a psychologist by the name of Chris Argrius back in about 1992. And it's a model that typically explains how data we observe can sometimes lead to beliefs that are incorrect, but can then shape our future think, our future thinking and our future approach. So the lesson for critical thinkers and for growth mindsets, because we were talking about growth mindset yesterday, is that we need to challenge the basis of our beliefs so that the actions we take as a result of those beliefs are actually based on well-reasoned and not faulty thinking. Now, this model is uh, can be used for three in three key ways, if you like. First of all, it can be used for reflection where you can reflect on your own reasoning. So really challenge yourself in terms of, okay, what is the information that I'm actually observing? What am I making this mean? What are my beliefs attached to that? And therefore, the action I'm taking. So it's it's an opportunity to self-reflect on, on what's actually happening and what my own reasoning is. The second part is it, it's great for advocacy because it makes your own thinking and reasoning become more transparent and therefore more visible to other people, which therefore means it's a little bit easier to communicate and there's less gray areas from your communication and there's going to be less people who are having to guess in terms of what you're thinking, what you're saying uh, and what the meaning behind that is. And the third one is around inquiry because it's a great way to understand the thinking and the reasoning of other people. And in some respects, what we did yesterday is challenge those that thinking and really look at things from a different perspective and from a reality point of view, really have the have the question answered. Well, is this is this reality that we're seeing the actual reality, or is it just a version of reality that we're that we're looking at? And it's a really interesting concept. And the way it works is each rung of the ladder is arrived at based on the thoughts and the actions on the previous rung. So ultimately, what we observe shapes our thinking, assumptions, beliefs, and actions based on the beliefs that we therefore have, and therefore the bias of our data selection the next time, or what we observe to next the next time. So let me take this, take you through this. And if you wanted to Google a ladder of inference, there's a heap of images on on the Google, on the uh, on the web, and uh, it's probably a little bit more information there to do a bit of research as well. So just want to take you through this and maybe share an example as well. So bring this to life a little bit. So the first the first rung, if you like, is something happens. So we observe data or we observe experience. So there's a conversation we're having. We get out a presentation, we're doing a pitch to a customer, we're having a coaching conversation, whatever the case might be, there's something that we can absolutely observe. There is an experience that is happening, as if a video, for example, might capture that. So that's the first rung of the ladder. Now, using that as a foundation, we then select what data from what I observe is going to be relevant to me. So, for example, if I'm pitching to a customer, then what data am I taking from that? For example, that the customer may be sitting there with their arms folded, right? Now, I, I can select data from that in terms of, okay, what am I seeing? What am I choosing to see from the observation? Now, it may well be that this particular customer is cold or they're very comfortable by having their arms folded. But this is what I'm seeing. And the next rung, therefore, says, okay, well, I will now add meaning to what I just saw in terms of that observation and that data that I just looked at in terms of whether it be a cultural thing or a personal thing. So I will make this mean uh, whatever I choose to make it mean. And therefore, the next rung on the ladder is I will therefore make assumptions 
based on the meaning that I just added to that. So if I go back to the person that's sitting there with their arms folded, right? And I'm, I say, well, their arms are folded. That might mean that they're really disengaged or they're completely not interested. So I might have to change my tack. Now, I, the assumption I make, therefore, is my, my information is not resonating. Therefore, I've got to do something different. I've got to put in something more. And from a selling point of view, sometimes people can get drawn into this and maybe go to the price, go to the discount, seeing that the, the feedback they're getting is not necessarily resonating with the way they thought it would. And therefore, they find themselves going down a rabbit hole and maybe saying, oh, well, maybe I'll give you a discount or maybe I'll add this in. And it's and it's not necessarily true, right? But we make these assumptions based on the meanings that was added. Now, the next rung is based on those assumptions, I therefore draw conclusions from that. So the conclusion in the example of the person sitting there in the pitch with their arms folded may well be my conclusion is they're not going to buy. Um, and they're, they're simply not interested. I'm just completely wasting my time. And so that's the conclusion I draw. Now, the next rung, therefore, leads into the belief that I actually hold to be true about the world that I'm actually seeing. And this is a choice that we make. And it's not necessarily 100% accurate. It's purely based on what we've actually observed from the first instance. And so the belief that I might take is that this person or this customer is never going to buy. So why am I wasting my time? And so the last rung on the ladder is, I therefore, based on all of that, take action. Now, the action I might take is I might actually stop the presentation or I might finish the presentation earlier or I might, in fact, speed up the presentation and get through things as quickly as I possibly can so I can pack up my bag and leave as quickly as possible. So therefore, I take the action that I think is consistent with the belief that I have based on the conclusions that I've drawn and the assumptions that I've made. And so what's really interesting about this particular ladder is based on those actions that we take, there's what's called a reflexive loop, which means our beliefs therefore affect the data that we select to look at next time. So next time I'm having a conversation with this particular customer, if I get a chance to do that, of course, is what I'll be looking for is I'll be thinking in the back of my mind or sometimes in the in the front of my mind, I'll be thinking, well, this person's not interested. So what I'll be looking for is observational data or experiences to confirm what I already believe to be true. And so the, the cycle continues. And so none of that is necessarily true. So here's how it, how it works from the, from the baseline again. We observe information. So we observe something. There's an experience, conversation, uh, an event, etc., etc., we then select data from which, from what I observe from that, right? So we sell, we're very selective on what we take out of that, which means how much are we missing potentially. From the data that I select, I then add meaning to it, which is either going to be a cultural meaning or a personal meaning. And that often will be based on sometimes things like our values, our background, our previous experiences, etc., etc. We'll then make assumptions based on the meanings that I've just added. I'll therefore, based on those assumptions, draw conclusions, which therefore enables me to adopt a belief. And based on those beliefs, I take a certain course of action. Now, this is why it's such an important model because the action we take may be completely unnecessary and completely um, irrational. And therefore, the action we take leads to a result that ultimately, potentially, we don't want. So the ladder of inference is a phenomenal model to really test our assumptions and really ask ourselves the question, is what I'm observing actually true? Or am I projecting things onto this particular experience? Am I therefore projecting things onto the person that might be in that experience and therefore drawing conclusions that are not absolutely accurate? So the classic example there is is the person sitting there and they've got their arms folded. Now, it may well be 
that they are not interested. It may well be that we've got some work to do to increase their level of engagement. But how do I do that? Well, instead of making assumptions up front to say this person's not interested and therefore act accordingly, what if I started to ask some questions and try to draw out some information and hit some potential hot buttons? But the only way to do that is to be curious, have a growth mindset and say, you know what, I'm going to find a way because there's always an answer. All of a sudden, I act, the action that I take is completely different. But if I actually stood there and sat there and continued to push through thinking that this person's not interested, I'm potentially going to act in that way and therefore the, the, end of, the end conclusion, the end result is literally going to take care of itself because I'm already projecting onto this person that they are not interested and therefore not going to take any action. But the, con- the converse is actually, or the opposite is actually true as well. And that what if I actually looked at them and said, okay, they are, they've got their arms folded and instead of saying they're disinterested, right, I had a different meaning to say, oh, they must be, they must be, this must be really comfortable for them. I'm actually creating an environment where it's, uh, it's really comfortable for them to feel like this so they can sit back in their chair and have their arms folded because they look, they look really, really comfortable. Now, if I make some assumptions around that, if I draw some conclusions around that and I adopt some beliefs around that, but my belief is still that they are engaged, um, then I'll take a different action and chances are I'll get a different result. Now, it doesn't always happen, but it is a level of, I guess, self-awareness and social awareness that enables us to do that. So the team really resonated with this, this yesterday and particularly when the CEO was talking earlier in the afternoon around the blind spots, this really hit a mark for her and that she's, she's now got a model that she can use herself to reflect on, but she's also got a model that she can use with the team to now collectively start testing their assumptions based on the work they're doing, the conversations they're having, and therefore basically take the actions that are going to be consistent with the outcomes they're trying to look for and deliver rather than the things they're observing. Because as we said yesterday, and I'll say it again today, is what we see is often going to be based on the choices we make based on the beliefs that we have. And so what we see is based on what we believe because we're projecting that all of the time. So for you as a sales leader, just think about what assumptions you're making. Are you looking at some salespeople within your team who perhaps are not hitting the numbers that you'd like them to or believe you've got, they've got more capability and for whatever reason you are, I guess, um, tainting them or your belief is they're not capable or whatever the case might be, are you therefore taking actions based on that belief? And if that's the case, I challenge you, I challenge you and I implore you to sit, take a sit back, a step back, think about it, look at it from a different perspective, look at the data that's observable and try to do, add a different meaning to it. And one of the best ways to do that, and I shared this with the team yesterday, is to look at your team and place a 10 on top of their head. And a 10 stands for 10 out of 10. They are extraordinary. Now, the moment you do that, all of a sudden your belief about that person is forced to change because you're looking at them through the lens of, they are at a 10 out of 10. And what will be really, really interesting to note is as soon as you do that, they will start to act and behave and respond to you that is consistent with that 10 you're placing on the top of their head, which is exactly the ladder of influence in action, but it's from a positive growth mindset perspective. So there's your challenge today. Look at look at your environment, identify where your blind spots are, but put the ladder of influence to the test. Just challenge what sort of assumptions, assumptions are you making? What sort of conclusions are you forming based on the things that you're observing and what sort of beliefs are therefore are you adopting and the actions therefore therefore are taking? And if those actions are leading to great results, then hey, keep doing it. If those actions are not leading to great results, then hey, it's time to sit back and maybe reflect and thinking about changing some of those perspectives and changing the meaning you give to the, the data that you're looking at or the people that you're observing. So I trust that message helps. It certainly was uh, really resonating with the team yesterday and they're committing to use this moving forward and really build a, a much tighter knit team where 
blind spots can be uh, readily identified, but also uh, a level of vulnerability is expected. So people are going to be challenging each other and the, and the whole level of culture and engagement is going to go through the roof, which is, which is phenomenal. And the great thing about this, of course, is all of us have the opportunity to do exactly the same thing. Sometimes we just need to have a level of awareness and we have to have some sort of mechanism, framework or tool to enable us to process information in the most appropriate way to get the best outcome we possibly can, not just for ourselves, uh, but also for our team. And so as a reminder, if you'd like to work together one-on-one and really help uh, take your leadership to that exceptional sales leader level, love to work with you one-on-one. You know the drill. Simply go to my calendar. If you're ready to go, uh, go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll sit down and have a conversation, and I'm ready to rock and roll as early as this week, even though we're running out of time. But if it's not this week, then it's certainly as early as next week we can start working together Put a plan together and deliver you to the exceptional sales leader level by the next 90 days time. So if that's you, love to have a conversation and help you reach that level. So until next episode, keep uh, keep pushing the envelope, keep living outside of your comfort zone, keep challenging your team to do exactly the same thing and put the ladder of influence to work because when you do that, you'll move one step closer to being that exceptional sales leader. So look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.